Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Just like my two co-hosts, every snowflake is different. This is the Factor, a weekly podcast where we each share a random and obscure fact and leave it up to you to decide the winner. I'm your host Alex, and with me is Pat. Hey, that's me. And Mike. You said my name. Awesome. I thought you were gonna say, "Just like snowflakes, we're all pretty." I thought he was calling us snowflakes, like we're like immature or like uh, sensitive or something. Well, you guys are immature, not sensitive. Hey, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to lie to the listeners and call you guys pretty. Oh, thank you for not lying. We're pretty much <laughs> as white as snowflakes, so. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm tan. Alex is uh, pulling off one of those things where, is he wearing a white t-shirt or just no shirt at all? We- you should use the white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I got a farmer's tan going a little. Well, this is a podcast. I'm glad we're explaining all this to the listeners, but. Yeah, listeners love to know how tan the people are listening to are. When's my turn to talk about my tan? Yeah, we're going to go around the room and everybody tell like what level of tan they have rocking. No tan. All right. No tan. <laughs> Let's just get yeah, into we're, it. We're about even. So, yeah. On the Fact Off, if you guys don't know, you can go to factoffpodcast.com. Vote for your favorite fact from each episode. Honestly, we have a backlog of episodes now, like five episodes. You can go back, vote for the previous ones if you missed them. Wait, and, what? And uh, we might. No, you can't Can't go back and vote. Yes. Yeah, you can. I leave the votes open. I leave them open. Then, so. Oh, that's okay, awesome. Okay, but then when do we, like, if... We go back to vote, and then somebody won that didn't win on the episode. What happens? We might actually go back and readdress that. Yeah, we should do that uh, next year if we find that the the things change over time. And every week, like this time last year, Mike's fact was the best. And then people kept voting and realized that, once again, Patrick's vote was the best. My fact, not my vote. My vote <laughs> is the best. <laughs> You're just hoping that eventually every single episode you'll just win out. Yeah. I, have, I just line up a bunch of computers, and I just... Signing. Is that why you said you were teaching today, a uh, computer class? Yeah, I gave extra credit for all the kids who uh, <laughs> vote for me on the fact of. That is true. You have computer class you teach. You could just have all these kids go to this website as an assignment and vote for you. Uh, don't give me any ideas because I might just start winning every week. <laughs> you could. We could rig <laughs> this. I might have to start tracking it all by IP address. <laughs> why would we rig this? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact of where sensitive uh, snowflake Pat, we let him win each week. Yeah, that pretty much is how it goes. Well, this week we actually had a tie. Once again, this is actually coming uh, pretty commonplace. It's only the second time we've tied. It's the third time. Yeah, out of five episodes. <laughs> it's the third time. Because remember the one time we tied and we had Tory vote. Yeah. Then last time we tied, we had the most difficult multiple choice questions I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so my question is whoever's closest gets it right. Since this, this week is people as our fact topic, okay, and this is something that was built by people, what year was the Great Pyramid of Giza built? Ooh, I'll let Mike go first. No, you go first. You talk first. <laughs> All right, I'm going to, where is Giza located? Egypt. Oh, God, you're not starting off on the right foot. <laughs> All right. Did that make a difference? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I'm gonna say it was in Maine. I'm gonna say <laughs> 1400 BC. Okay, 1400 before Common Era. BCE, BCE. yes, sir. And then Mike. 
I'm going uh, 2200 BC. All right, 2200 BC. Mike is more Christian, so he would do before Christ. <laughs> that is before Common Era. And the winner, by being off by 400 years, Mikey Sands. Oh, yes. Mike, I knew I Mike, was a winner Mike, Mike, since the day I was Mike. born, and I won this episode fair and square. Man, this is the second time I lost a tie. That's right. You should study <laughs> up on your facts tie. before you come to the show. You should study up on facts before you come on the show, because that's part of the show. Part of the show is knowing facts and telling people facts. Yeah, and also, how could Exploding Tree lose, anyways? I thought you had the best fact last week, but then a few weeks ago I did vote for you, and then I lost, and I was like, well, that's the last time I vote for anybody but myself. Well, I voted for somebody else like two weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, I just don't vote for myself. No, we vote for each other. No one votes for Alex, I see. True. I could Bullshit. vote for you, Alex, actually. <gasps> Aw. Ah, suck it, Pat. That one vote you had? <laughs> that three, two episodes ago, I voted for you, Alex. Okay. Now, Mike, you get to pick the order of who goes well and when and how. All right. I think, uh, Pat, you ready to rock it? Sure. Um, I'll let you Got guys. Got a rocket in, in my pocket. pocket. All right. So this, uh, our, our category this Are we week all going to? <laughs> oh, side note, are we all going to go see the new West Side Story together? Yeah, absolutely. Only if we get the snap on our way in and out. Well, that's how you go to the movies. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of this resurgence of uh, musicals. I don't know why Hollywood's trying to push musicals down our throat. Like we, What resurgence still was in the Heights and West Side Story? <laughs> and Dear Evan Hansen, that's three. Uh, yeah. How dare you, Hollywood? Well, it's one of those few types of genres that doesn't really age. Like, you can watch a 50-year-old musical, and it's probably better than the musicals we have rocking now. So, um, I don't see a point of remaking our musical or making a new one. I don't see it. So, hold on. Well, In the Heights and Dear Evan Hansen are brand new ones. West Side Story is the only remake. Yeah, okay. Is is this going to mean that we're not going to be able to do an all-musical episode of Fact Off? Oh, we will. Yeah, there was that trend as well where every t- single TV show had to have a musical episode for a while. Those are always the best. Someone hits their head and they see everything as musicals. There's Psych the Musical, and I, I, that's the only one I can reference. <laughs> Scrubs had a musical. Oh, yeah. Scrubs had a musical. Then there's that show where they just sang every episode and they were always happy and it was called Glee. No, oh, yeah, you loved Glee. I, did, I actually I recently watched Glee over the pandemic and it was actually pretty good. Pat, you're stalling. No, I'm not. You brought up your hatred of musicals to put everyone in a bad negative mindset for my fact. Exactly. My fact has love (gasps) and tragedy. Oh, I'm out. The two masks of drama, the happy and the sad. All right, so my person is Margaret Howe Lovett. Ever heard of her? Okay, yeah. You have heard of her? Uh, The name sounds familiar, but I doubt I know it. So, in 1963, Margaret Howe Lovett was living on St. Thomas Island in the Caribbean, and her brother came home and said, hey, have you heard about that top-secret laboratory on our island? She said, no. And he was like, oh, it's like a NASA-funded research lab, and they're studying dolphins. And she loves animals, she loves dolphins, and so she decided to just go and knock on the door. Yeah, we're doing Foley work now. In case you don't know what knocking, I didn't know. I didn't know what knocking on a door meant. Yeah, so I'm glad. Yeah, we're, got people that. have like ring doorbells now. They don't do the knocking bits anymore. 
1963, you had to hurt your fist before you went. So she went up and she was like, hey, is there any way I can help out? And she was just like, you know, just showed a lot of gusto. And the scientist was really like, hey, you know what? You can help. We're researching these dolphins. We need as much uh, observational data as we can get. So come on in, start writing down what you see. And they realized that her, like, different point of view actually lent itself to having, you know, insightful views on how the dolphins lived. Wait, is this the, is this the plot of Lady in the Water? Uh, it's kind of close to the plot of Lady in the Water. Uh-oh. Oh, so it's not the plot of Dolphin Tail? It's kind of the plot of Dolphin Tail. She, did, she didn't lose her arm. Or was it the leg? I forget which one she lost in Dolphin Tail. Or was that the one the dolphin lost its tail and they had to put like a like a That's the one I'm thinking tail. of. It's the one where the girl's arm was bit by a shark and they gave her a dolphin tail on her arm. Can we stop guessing? Is, <laughs> is this the one where they had to, they were going to kill the whale so they had to get an escape and the whale had to jump over a giant rock? That's yes. Really the kid no. This is the one where uh, the dolphin talks to people every episode and <laughs> that's flipper oh all right you guys so you already know the fact all right i'm done <laughs> all right so margaret lovett starts working there and the scientist it was actually founded by uh this uh dr john Lilly, who had he's a neuroscientist and he was always fascinated with the idea of being able to talk to animals you know if he could walk with the animals and talk with the animals and Sing and dance and going. I know. Am I allowed to sing on the animals? Um, So they started this lab, and it was actually funded by NASA. And I know what you're thinking, NASA dolphins to space. Sending dolphins (laughs) to space. Well, he was like telling everybody, he was like, "Hey, um, I'm going to try to do research to see if we can communicate with dolphins." And NASA was like, "Well, we're really interested in learning how to communicate if we ever meet other intelligent life forms." And dolphins at the time, they were like, these are pretty intelligent animals. So they funded it as a way to get information on how to talk to other intelligent life forms, not humans. So side fact, did you know, so this was 1963. Did you know before the 50s, uh, dolphins were seen as a nuisance and considered vermin of the sea? Still do. (laughs) Yeah, uh, apparently because fishermen had to like battle with dolphins to, um, you know, get the you get the fish and dolphins were always in the way so they were like oh these are jerks and then well, finally they kind of are like rapey a little bit aren't they don't they haven't they been known to like attack people sexually they're not internationally known but they're known to rape a microphone <laughs> okay um so you guys are stepping all over my fact here dolphins are very sexually aggressive and i'm gonna get to that oh wow yeah <laughs> had a reveal magnifico yeah. uh so um where was I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> really to that. Oh, so they were trying to teach the animals to talk. And what Margaret realized was that they work with the animals for a few hours and then they all go home to their lives and leave these animals just like wasting. Like they're just in the, you know, tank, not doing anything productive. So she came up with the idea. Again, she's not really a scientist, but she said, I want to turn this place into a like livable space where I can live with the dolphin and be with it 24 seven and work with it all the time. So for 24 hours, six days a week, she lived with the one dolphin named Peter. Peter was a young dolphin. Uh, he was maturing into his, uh, 
he was having a sexual awakening, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Oh, God. He was becoming a stud? He was a stud. So the, um, what would happen is she would spend all this time. There were three dolphins total. The other two were girls, Pamela and Sissy. Uh, but she, Margaret, worked with Peter. And Peter would, you know, get a little touchy-feely and, you know, start brushing up against Margaret. And it was a little uh, inappropriate. So they would have to move Peter downstairs with the other dolphins to, like, get his energy out if you will. But then Margaret realized... Yeah. Like, okay, we know what that means. <laughs> yeah, you guys... Under, Alex is just shaking his head. That makes good I for do not, good podcasting. <laughs> I do not know what you mean. All right. Uh, so she realized she was like, well, this just wastes a lot of time. I guess I could just let him explore himself and just do it here rather than send him down to the other dolphins. You should call this the erotic dolphin tale. Yeah. And then, as the so the erotic dolphin tale. All right, we have a name. Um, so she would. So what would happen if the dolphin was, you know, a little sexually aggressive? But she would just help the dolphin along, and you know, let him do his thing. And she never saw it like she wasn't like some weird thing. She said, you know, anyone could observe it and see that it was more for like science purposes. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's what they all say. <laughs> it was. She said it was very sexual for the dolphin, but it wasn't for her. It was like more. She said it was a little sensual. Um, it but sounds like, like they were a, married. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Where did you find this fact? <laughs> the internet. So there's a BBC documentary on it. It's actually kind of so. But really, like obviously, the the goofy weird story is that she and this dolphin had relations, or more like realistically, the dolphin had relations, like on her or like to her or like you know however that works um they, they didn't go in too much detail but she would help the dolphin along but what really happened is she spent so much time with peter that they actually grew to really care for each other and this is where it gets sad already this is um so she realized that she would miss the dolphin like if she had to go home that day and she was just like it was such a important part of her life um and peter felt the same way um in 1966 dr lily he was um, more in, uh, focused on LSD. He was a neuroscientist, and back then they got like free reign to experiment with LSD to see how it would affect the brains. Yeah, Alex is making that face like he just took some LSD. <laughs> <I> <laughs> or, or he's trying to, not to fall asleep during my story. Um, it's late. Oh, side fact, he tried to give the dolphins LSD, and it did nothing. Well, the dolphins took that Dale class, and they learned to say no to drugs. They said so. no. They said, eh, 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 That means no in dolphins. But they no don't make t- their t-shirts that fit dolphins, so I don't know how. I think they could. I don't know. Alex has the same body as a dolphin. <laughs> Look at his little thin arms. <laughs> He's always been explained like dolphin-like. Yeah. Throw a beach ball at him. See what happens. <laughs> I would be good as like a dolphin in a dolphin show. I can do those flips out of the water. You can swallow fish whole. You're not a great oh, yeah. swimmer. No, I don't believe that. That's but, true. Wow. I'll keep going with your fact. Sad fact of the week, Alex is not a good swimmer. <laughs> that that was my fact. All right, so anyway, um, he got more focused on the LSD stuff, and he decided to shut down the, the project. So in 1966, they had to move the dolphins to Miami, and she wasn't a scientist, so she didn't move with them. She stayed in uh, the Caribbean. And what they found out, and this is super sad, so disclaimer, this is sad. But Peter missed her so much that Peter killed himself. Wait. How so? Yeah, how, how did the dolphin commit suicide? 
I know this was. I thought this was really interesting. Apparently, dolphins are not auto breathers like us, and a lot of animals just you just naturally breathe. Dolphins breathing is a choice. So what they could do if they decided they you know they released air I guess through their blowholes, and then they could just not go back to the surface, and then they'll just sink down to the bottom and drown or you know die. So like the really? stress and anxiety, he just decided to call quits. That's what they think. It was a broken heart because he wasn't with her anymore. Oh, he got stuck living in Miami. Yeah. So Margaret, how love it? She uh, she had a very special relationship with this dolphin, and it led to tragedy. So moral of the story is: don't get too emotionally attached to dolphins. Will do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not going to happen to me. But yeah. what's the name of your uh? Dolphin erotica tail. Dolphin erotica. I think it's erotic dolphin tail is what Mike called it, and we'll stick with it. Yeah, I think he should. Just because there's a movie called Dolphin Tail, and that's for kids. This one's for adults. Yeah, there was a lot of like weird things that I didn't know. Like LSD doesn't have effects on dolphins, and dolphins can kill themselves. And oh, by the way, they never realized how to talk to dolphins. What? I thought we could. <laughs> yeah, this whole time I thought we could just. I thought that's who we were chatting with. On the internet, when we talk to like a or a robot online, I thought the movie end of like Dolphin Tale shows like a dolphin there reading a book and then shutting it, and like that's the end of that story. And that's the end of that story. My name that's is shit. Dolphin Morgan, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Dolph- dolphin Morgan, dolphin, Morgan Freeman. Dolphin Freeman. <laughs> All right, my that was Morgan my longest Freeman fact was ever. In the movie, was he? No, he was. Yeah, he was in Dolphin Tale. I think he was. I think dolphin. he might have been in Dolphin Tales. Look no, it up, Pat. Stand corrected. Was he well, in? we don't know if it's right yet. <laughs> All right, someone else tell their fact, and I'll just jump in at the most inopportune right. time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'll go up next. Okay, Mike is. So when you guys were younger, champion at the bits. You, you had a lot of brothers, right? It's you and how many other brothers? Like three other brothers. Well, there was five of us all together. Okay, and I am not my brother's keeper. Yeah, it's true. And did your parents like ever inexplicably start stocking your your pantry full of like Kellogg's cornflakes at all? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and one time, my dad started making uh, shapes out of his uh, mashed potatoes, but <laughs> yeah, that's a that's Steven Spielberg movie. Um, made a big volcano out of his mashed potatoes. Yeah. The reason why I asked is John Harvey Kellogg allegedly wanted bland stimulant free food for teens to eat because he believed that this would like keep the kids healthy and it prevented masturbatory uh type of acts all right i know this is gonna sound crazy but i always thought frosted flakes turned me on and now this makes sense yes regular cornflakes not so much you off completely yeah. no but off. so but Fla- it's like the complete opposite for me <laughs> Because that's all I've been eating for No Nut November. <laughs> is cornflakes. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to reason why that would be the case for you here in a second. Um, but that's... I'm listening. That's what I've always heard was the reason why cornflakes exist because John Harvey Kellogg was a Seventh-day Adventist. Is that how you say it? I think Adventist, so. yeah. Yeah, they have very strict <laughs> morals. And they're one of their tenets is they're against uh, masturbating. The only time you could have sex is with, like you know, in marriage. So do they tell people that before they sign up? Yeah, but like if you take out masturbation from your day, 
What do you do for like the four hours that you're doing that? Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing else to do. Eating cornflakes. That's chill. So, yeah, I, I wanted to look into this further because I'm like, there's no way at all that cornflakes, this is the origin of cornflakes. Uh, is it? That's, that's where it was reported. I, I, I saw this article like maybe four or five years ago and people were like kind of passing it around. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's why cornflakes exist. But that's sort of the case and sort of not. Um, so John Harvey Kellogg, he was one of the, it's two brothers, but he was one of the brothers of the Kellogg family. Um, the horny one. Yeah. This one is kind of an iffy character, I would say. So to start off, he was a doctor and he was actually a pretty good doctor. He uh, kind of, you ever heard of a sanitarium? Yeah. I think it's a, basically an old like long care hospital where people who had like uh, tuberculosis would be cared for. So he was yeah. one of the doctors that kind of coined the term sanitarium and he ran one that was up in Battle Creek, Michigan. And over his tenure there, he had 22,000 operations and he was known as one of the better um, surgeons there. He had like very few deaths and he uh, worked like 15 hours a day and he like refused pay. So he didn't get paid for any of this. He did this out of the goodness of his heart. Did he have money already? Yeah, he kind of had money already. Okay. Yeah, he owed it a Kellogg fortune. He made money from his books and like speaking and that sort of thing. So this is where it takes kind of a hard turn to the left. Wait, did you say hard? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And not to the left? Not the masturbatory hard. Uh, But anyways, he was a (laughs) eugenicist. I've never heard heard you say masturbatory so many times. (laughs) He spent... Like, the last 30 years of his life um, pushing a thing called race degeneracy theory. And what Sounds that bad. is, is it's a popular, it, it was popular in the late 19th century, and it was based on the premise that certain lower class social groups uh, were predispositioned to various neurological and mental illnesses due to bad heredity. Um, so this resulted in He's social... a racist. Yeah. In, in, yeah, yeah, in the easiest terms, he was a racist. See, he was a scientific, ra- like a racist that basically used science to back like his views of the yeah, world. This is why I don't believe science. Did he use like the old clamps to measure your head? Yeah, I'm sure he did that. This was the early 1900s, so I'm sure he did stuff like that. And he was like actually one of the big proponents of this this uh, movement that happened in the early 1900s. Uh, so, okay, yeah, maybe he's not a good guy, right? He did all these free surgeon surgeries and and then but then he was a super racist. But yeah. then again, he fostered <laughs> over uh, I think it was twenty children and he uh, he did a lot. He did a lot for helping out like the community and stuff. So like he's what he's one of those guys though? that's terrible and good at the same time. So I I don't know how to explain. We it. call those people Mike <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, in comes his brother. So, his brother is W.K. Kellogg. Is he related to Andrew W.K.? No. I think um, so. He is not. He likes to party. He does not like to party. <laughs> he doesn't party hard? No, but W.K. Kellogg does like sugar in his cereal. Oh, Ooh, and so, masturbating. And masturbating. Yeah, He. so if you stand for sugar in cereal, you also stand for masturbation. You can't have one without the other 
That's what I say. It's like love and marriage. It's like love and marriage. So he actually is the one who invented the cereal. He yeah. uh, actually does, developed this formula to kind of help the patients at the brothers' sanatorium. I guess a lot of people had like stomach issues and, and digestive problems. So he developed this formula. It was so bland and boring that it was good for your digestive system. But when he made it, his brother thought it was so bland that he said, maybe this is the cure for mas- masturbation. So his brother kind of thought in the back of his head, like, hey, um, it's so bland and boring. When people eat this, they won't want to do anything like extra. Did it work? Well, obviously, people are still masturbating to this day. So, no. It are you sure work. about this? Yes, a hundred. No, but are people that have you ever talked to anybody who honestly eats regular cornflakes? Ask them. This do they masturbate? formula that I'm talking about is not a formula that exists anymore. So this is where it kind of breaks up a little bit. So <sighs> W.K. Kellogg and his brother John split up because John wants to keep the cereal bland, and W.K. is the businessman of the family, and he thinks this is has a lot of potential. So he breaks off. He wants to add sugar and salt to the formula. The racist brother said, no, we have to keep it bland. And no, WK didn't want any part of that. He broke it off. In the first year, he sold 150,000 cases of cornflakes with the sugar and salt in it. And then after that, it ballooned so quickly, it's now the Kellogg's brand we see today. And he soon came out with uh, Rice Krispies and all that stuff afterwards. So This is, I have to say, the horniest episode of the Fact Off we've ever made. No, wait till you get to my fact. <laughs> we didn't actually plan this out. Yeah. Should have saved this for... Actually, this fits perfectly for, for No Not November. That's a theme for the month. <laughs> if you're not turned on by Dolphin Love and <laughs> Kellogg Cereal. <sighs> What's the name of your fact? Uh... Yeah, my name of the pet fact is corn and these flakes. <laughs> I don't know. Corn these flakes. Corn and these flakes. Oh, I thought you said corn these flakes, and I was like corn. I don't said know. corn I'll, in. I'll the come flakes. up with a title eventually and put it on the vote, but mine has something to do. Oh with wait, are we allowed? To, we're not allowed to do that. I would just call it frosted flakes. That's just me. It, but th- they weren't frosted. That's a joke. Okay. Joke, I don't I don't need this. All right, Alex. Take us home. You're next. You're- All right. So the word bono comes from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As some of you guys may know, my beloved co-host Mike is a huge fan of American football. I've heard Isn't that you, Mike. No response from Mike. Thank no you, Mike. No response from I heard Mike <laughs> recorded the Bengals game last week and waited to watch it later, even though they got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I they got trounced big time. I started the recording. The app misfired, and I saw the end of the game before the beginning. So I saw they lost 14, 42 to 16, and I'm like, enough. And end this right now. Do you think the algorithm is written like to save people the the waste of time of watching this game? If they know you're a Bengals fan, they're like, just show them the score. No, I just think Game Pass is the shittiest app ever made by in the, the history of mankind. 
the NFL puts out a shoddy product. I don't know who they have running their technology team, but it is absolutely the worst application ever. If you ever think about paying whatever the cost is a year to, to sign up for Game Pass, don't do it. You're, you're better off just flushing that money right down the toilet because the application is so horrendous. All right. And that's from our sponsor, Game Pass. I was just about <laughs> to say, can I read this new, the new ad? Game Pass. You'll love it. Uh, burn their ass, Mike. Get them. I'm just so, so sore over the loss. I couldn't tell. He's been eating nothing but unflavored Kellogg's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calms him down. I'm aging. I need to need those cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> Alex is right in his factory now as we talk. We'll saw you a little bit longer. Yeah. (laughs) No, my fact's not that good, so here we go. When I talk about this, I was looking up a guy by the name of Harold Redgrange. I don't know if either one of you guys heard of him. No. No, he's a... Well, he was born in the small town of Forksville, PA in 1903. Porksville? Forksville. Like the utensil? Yeah. Okay. And Ville so said, as in, like, <laughs> small town. <laughs> so his mother died when he was young, so his family moved around a lot. And he ended up in Wheaton, Illinois. So at this time, he was working as a part-time ice toller while he was in high school. Ice so he got the name Toller. So back then, people didn't have fridge mics, so people would deliver ice to people's houses. I've seen, I've seen the Three Stooges do this. When they went up and the ice cube block just gets smaller and smaller. Yep. Ah, so good. So he went through like high school and he was known as the Wheaton Iceman. And he was dominant in high school football. So he went to the University of Illinois and he became a legend. He was dominant from day one. They call him the Iceman? No, I thought he said it was Tom Brady. (laughs) No. So he was just a dominant football player from day one. And in his sophomore year, he had this is where his legend really began to grow. Against a, in a sold-out crowd in front of Michigan, he took the opening kickoff for a 95-yard touchdown. Ice, ice, baby. Then, on the Illinois' actual first play of scrimmage, he scored a 67-yard rushing touchdown. Wow. He would finish the quarter with a 54-yard run touchdown and a 44-yard yard touchdown. Oh, so they're getting less impressive. Yeah. His stats in the first quarter were 265 yards and four TDs. He finished that game with 402 yards, five rushing TDs, and a passing TD. Yeah, why not? Just give me the ball. <laughs> Did he throw it to himself? <laughs> Might no, as well. The, was there anybody there else on a, the field? <laughs> yeah. So after his uh, second, like his fourth touchdown in the first quarter, he told the quarterback, "Hey, I need a breather. I'm going to go sit down." <laughs> he took like a five minute break and then came back out. Yeah, he's he's the only guy running up and down the field. Because of this game, he got the nickname, and it's the reason why I started looking him up. Because nicknames in sports are not as cool as they used to be. His name was the Galloping Ghost. The, the Galloping Ghost? Galloping. Galloping. Yeah, Ghost. Because back then, like, the TVs were bad, and you just listen to the radio, and they said it was just like a ghost running out there that couldn't be stopped. I guess he was the whitest man then. <laughs> <laughs> The writers wrote about him that like he wasn't just one man; he was three and four men rolled together, combined with like a horse bow and a cart. Like how this dominant he was. This isn't horny at all. Yeah, <laughs> but at the time, the NFL was a joke. 
Like it was not a thing. It's been around for five years. So nothing's changed. It, was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, like professional football was a joke. Like you just didn't play professional sports after college. Like it was it wasn't a thing. Yeah, get a real job. Yeah. We got wars to win. So in nineteen twenty five though, the owner of the Bears was pondering like how how much a player like Grange could do for the NFL. Because college players really did not go pro at this time. Especially when they're ghosts. Wait, was he dead the whole time? He was dead the whole time. <laughs> this is a cool. This is not an M Night Shalomon movie. <laughs> so like he was like a huge star like throughout the country. So after the get his game against Ohio State, he announced that he intended to sign with the Chicago Bears. Good for him. He's but the best so, player they've ever had. <laughs> so many people against his cur- current coaches, his current like coaches of other teams. His current coach, uh, Illinois, tried so hard to convince him not to play in the NFL because it would ruin his life, and it was a joke, and people would think he's a joke. That he like took a, like they were taking a ca- taxi back to the hotel after the game, and he told the taxi to keep driving around so he can try to convince him. And Grange was pretty much like, "Hey, you get paid for coaching. Why I, why should I try to make money playing?" Got him. And there. they did not talk to each other. And then a couple of weeks later, at the Illinois banquet for the football team, the coach just bad mouth and criticized Grange that Grange just got up and left. What a dick. Grange is quoted as saying that he was like, joining the professional football league, I would have been better off joining Al Capone's mob and been more well-respected than joining the football uh, league. Calvin Coolidge, who he met, who was president at the time, said he was happy that Grange was joining the football league because he liked Animal Acts, (laughs) and that's what the football league was. Like That's how down everyone was on the NFL. So... Ten days after playing his last college game in 1925 on Thanksgiving Day, Grange played his first game for the Chicago Bears in front of 36,600 fans at Wrigley Field. That's cool. So, and then they just went like on this blitz tour of him playing. He played eight games in 12 days. Jeez. And ten days, a- ten days after his first game at Wrigley for the Bears, his he played started. in front of 70,000 people at the Polo Grounds. Wow. It's kind of like a spectacle for people to come watch Red Grange play because he was that good at football. And you end up making where most players were making like $100 a week because his agent at the time, whose nickname was Cash and Carry, who was an old (laughs) uh, technological magician, was his agent. He made $100,000. A week? Well, no, for like those eight games that he played in 12 days. That's probably a whole lot of money back in the day. In 1925? Jesus. Yeah, so he made enough money that the next year he started his own team, the New York Yankees, in the American Football League. But that league folded. They had suggests, but the rest of the league kind of folded. And then he went back and played for the Bears. And he was finished out his career. He had a bad knee injury. his like third year in the league. That He lost, lost his speed, so he wasn't the best, as good as he was as a running back, but he became a really good defensive back. Yeah, back in the day, they probably didn't have the best surgeons to <laughs> repair knees and stuff like that. Like, he was on the record saying that the NFL did not really take care of old players, and that's, I mean, you've seen that record now. But, like, he was, like, such a star that when he was on the tour with the with the Barrows in New York, that Babe Ruth went up to his hotel room to talk to him, and he's like, don't believe everything you read about yourself in the paper. 
and don't pick don't pick up every check at dinner. <laughs> like he was like such a star that like after football he started making movies. He had a movie series called The Galloping Ghost. And then once uh, talkies came around, he wasn't really a good actor, so he stopped acting. <laughs> nice. He was the first NF- uh, professional football player in the Wheaties box. Oh. What? Yeah. And this was because he was anti-masturbation, right? And Wheaties was so bland. No, Wheaties was known as the boner cereal. Oh, yeah. It. It's the competitor to the cornflakes. Gotcha. It'll keep you hard yeah. all game. That was before they had, like, um... um Pfizer. So back in the day, your grandparents ate Wheaties instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of people consider him like joining the NFL, legitimizing the NFL. And also, like, he left college early. So that's when the NFL actually put in the rule where players had to graduate college first. Yeah, doesn't he look like, like a manly man? He looks like a classic, like, badass, like, sort of looks like Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah he kind of does. showed this picture of the galloping ghost, and yeah, he looks like a, he, they don't make men like that anymore. Not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I was actually mistaken for the galloping ghost the other day. <laughs> no, who's that pale guy, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but he was just like, yeah, legitimized... Like football, some people think he can debate if he did or not, thinking like, "Oh, that's a travers- traveling act when he played," because people would just come to see him. That they were just there for the stars, not the sport, which would really is football anyway. All sports are there for the stars, not just the game. Hey, whatever brings you yeah. to the show, you know. And then he, with the Granger Bowl, where kids had to finish college, now they just have to play at least three years after high school before they can get drafted. Gotcha. I just found it interesting, and I just like that nickname. Bring back cool nicknames, sports writers. This is your fact the galloping ghost? Yeah, the bus. Yep. All right. So we have... The galloping ghost. The ghost. Erotica, Dolphin Tail. Corn in the Flakes. Working title. Could change <laughs> online. All right, we'll call, it, we'll call it Frosted Flakes. No, you guys didn't like my joke. You're not getting that. It's going to be called... Corn in the Flakes. That sounds terrible. Mike's going to make sounds... it Frosted Flakes. Corn in the Flakes sounds like a like a disgusting like expression you would say. <laughs> you would find on like Urban Dictionary. Like, hey, she had corn in the flakes or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Let's add it. <laughs> By the time people hear this, they'll Google corn in the flakes. I'm, yeah, I'm going to add corn in the flakes to the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, well, let's wrap this episode up. We forgot to do the dice roll. Oh, yeah, roll the dice to see what the topic is next week. Wow, someone sounds extremely excited for me to roll this dice. I have one job on this podcast. If you want to go to sleep, Alex, you just grab your pillow and, you know, close your eyes and we'll we'll finish this off for you. I'll pretend to be you even. Nah, you can't handle this masculinity. The galloping ghost is the best ghost ever. I don't want to go that far. I didn't say he was the best ghost ever. His bones are buried at Bone Big Bone Lick. He also found it Big Bone Lick. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we have to roll. Here it is. Number four. Which is something. Oh, you're never ready for it. <laughs> Some host. <laughs> yeah, someone who wants to wrap this up is not ready to wrap it up. By the way, I have one job, and that's to roll the dice, so you know I'm going to do it well. Yeah, you've been warming up your dice hand all day, you told me. 
That's what I call it. <laughs> religion at slash mythology. <laughs> yep. So, so it'll be religion slash mythology. Awesome. I, I can't wait. I'm going to go warm up my dice hand for next week. <laughs> I am pumped. So, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing some mythology next week. Well, last time we did religion and myth, the goriest one won. So, so are we gonna just gonna who who can say the most gory fact? Yeah. No, because I try to keep this PG. And you two are always taking it to the gutter. <laughs> no, mine was. <laughs> well, this episode's PC. over. Mine was politically correct all <laughs> the way. This episode. Yeah. This episode's over. All right. Check it, us out. Don't at, forget. Go to the fa- <laughs> go. Don't forget to vote at the at factoffpodcast.com. Vote for which fact you thought was better, erotic dolphin tail, coin in the flakes, or the goblin ghost. And check us out on all the socials at Fact Off Podcast. You guys have a great day. Bye. Bye.